0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, folks, would you like free tickets for the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you're in luck because our sponsor, Prosper Insurance, is giving a ticket to anyone who gets a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the free ticket, although the savings will absolutely make you want to switch today. Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes the process easy, all while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate, which is just a few of the many reasons why Prosper has over 1,000 five star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance slash Kime to get your quote and a free ticket to the Baltimore preseason game on August 28th. That's prosper.insurance slash Kime, K E I M, no.com. Get ready to feel good about your insurance. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, a soggy practice report for Monday, August 16th. Yeah, there was some rain. It was kind of heavy early on um, when they were just coming out to the field, going through stretches. Then it lightened up and it was actually pretty good. Before I get started, thanks to those who have participated in the underdog fantasy football drafts. It's a fun, cheap, and easy way to play fantasy football. It's a small cost to enter, and there's no maintenance. There will be more opportunities to join some of these drafts, so pay attention on social media. Also, don't forget to read my work on ESPN.com. And if you've missed any of the other practice reports, check them out. None are very long, so you can get quick reports and measure players and the team's progress. Now let's get started. Punta Tressway way was terrific explaining the intricacies of the field goal operation. I know most don't wanna hear it because they are results oriented. I get it, a kicker misses or he makes it. My take has been that yes, while we need to measure results because that's ultimately the key, if the process is bad but the kick is made, it's not sustainable and the process is good but the kicks are missed, then change the kicker. In this case, maybe there's a combination of a few things, Coach Ron Rivera keeps saying how Cam Cheeseman snaps the ball really fast. But in talking to Way, it's not really any faster than Nick Sunberg's snap. So I'm not going to use that as a reason why the whole operation is off. But I know one of the misses the other night, let's go back on what happens. Cam Cheeseman gives a down call. That is a signal for Way to then basically take another second or two. He's going to check out Dustin Hopkins, get back, gives a nod, the ball is snapped. The other night, that part was delayed. The second part was delayed. So there was a, there was a, there, I guess there was some, Trish was saying there was some kind of wind and all that. So by the time Cheeseman was ready to snap, it was like there was a coil ready to just shoot it out. He had tensed up so much and whipped back a faster ball. Not, it wasn't his fault. The other part of the operation had failed. Also, Hopkins is supposed to go on when Way's left hand raises for the ball. On the second one, he went more on the snap and that caused him to hold up and then start again. Way said they've been working extra on things like that this week and maybe changing the points for when things are, are, are that where it's a signal to go in whatever situation. They had pretty much had a clean operation the last few years. Now, in those clean operations, Hopkins was missing kicks then, too. And I told you the other day he has a tendency to rush the ball. I think that's part of the problem here as well. I don't see this as being the fault of the new long snapper. As I told you yesterday in talking to other special teams experts, the timing should be worked out within two to three weeks. So this will be a big test Friday to see if they've improved in this area. Quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick looked really sharp in two-minute situations today, much better than Taylor Heineke, who had some issues. But Fitzpatrick is doing a good job throwing with anticipation, something that receiver Terry McLaurin pointed out after practice. Fitzpatrick's veteran savvy continues to play well with his young teammates. Even on throws that are completed, you'll see Fitzpatrick talking to receivers about how in a game, while well, we completed this ball, if they give us this look, you're going to have to do this. So he's even, even going over the good plays. He's anticipating what might happen in a game and how you would need to adjust. Fitzpatrick is mostly hitting guys as they come out of the break in practice. Some of that, too, of course, stems from a comfort level when you've seen the same defense over and over again. That's why it's important, I think, with those joint practices. It gives you a little bit of a curveball, and then obviously preseason games. So some of this comfort level can stem from the fact that you're reading this corner, you know this leverage, you know this is what you can anticipate, and it's a lot easier at this point to adjust because this is the only defense you've been seeing for you know, outside of a couple series the other night for a, for a few months. So I don't know if that, if that any... Um, if any one play in particular stood out from Fitzpatrick today, more just a general overall vibe. He did have a nice post route and a throw to Terry McLaurin. And there was one nice rub play in the, in the red zone when Adam Humphreys basically picked Landon Collins, screened him and Logan Thomas came underneath and Kendall Fuller was on that side, but there was a miscommunication with Fuller and Collins. And Thomas was wide open for the score. Fuller and Collins chatted after the play to get things squared away with Heineke in this two minute situation. Nearly picked by safety DeShazer Everett on a pass over the middle of the Samus Reyes, wasn't open. On the next play, threw into a crowded area again to Reyes, was again nearly picked by, I think it was Everett, but Everett and Kalik Hudson were both there. Heineke was also picked when a pass was tipped at the line, floated about 10 to 15 yards down the field where Tory McTire intercepted the ball. Also looked like Heineke was late on a ball to Steven Sims in which Sims beat McTire to the back of the end zone, a nice route cut out back to the end zone. But, he ran, but Sims ran out of room by the time the ball arrived. I don't, I can't say for sure if Heineke was late. I just know that Sims was open, and he had no, there was no more real estate by the time the ball was getting there. Quarterback Kyle Allen is back, and he threw, he too threw a couple picks, including one where he overshot tight end John Bates. Danny Johnson picked him off. By the way, Johnson has made some nice plays in camp this summer. Has had more than a few picks, um, so you know it's been a good, good summer for him. It seems. Allen also had a really nice throw to tight end Ricky Seals-Jones just over the fingertips of safety Jeremy Reeves for a score in the right front part of the end zone. Reeves nearly picked Allen earlier in the day, another ball over the middle. Maybe it was the rain, but it slid through his outstretched hands. Let's talk about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes, an underdog fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. In the one-on-one pass rush drills, it was kind of funny to see Chase Young and Montez Sweat against Charles Leno and S- Charles Leno and Sam Cosme. On Young's first rep, Leno would have been called for a false start. Usually they stopped the play in this situation, but here they let it go. So Leno was in good position to stop Young. In a game, it's a false start. Cosme nearly jumped two to three times against Sweat, and he actually did a nice job in the rep, but again, you know, this is what those guys cause, because I've seen that in camp. These guys are just kind of, you could see them bracing to get back in the pass set when they're facing these guys. And I think that's another consequence of having rushers like this or benefiting them is those penalties that they can draw um, just because of that anticipation. One guy continued to be impressed by his corner, rookie corner, Benjamin St. Juice. Now, before I get into the other stuff, he had a beautiful one-handed interception today, a ball to turn the corner in the corner of the end zone. He's kind of sliding back, it was zone coverage, reaches up with his right hand, corrals it in, just a beautiful, just a really nice, really nice grab. If you recall early in camp, he was very handsy down the field. That was something I heard about from team officials and something when I watched it, that's what I saw too. Haven't seen that as much lately, which is a good sign for him. And I'll get to this a little bit more in a minute. I like how he plays in press coverage, patient, uses his eyes, typically they're usually in the right place. In the game against New England, he did get crossed over one time, and I think it resulted in an open receiver who was open. Ball didn't go his way. Liked how another play he got crossed on a slant, but he drove back on the ball and broke up the pass because even though he was even though he got crossed up, he was balanced and he was under control, and it allowed him. He didn't when he when he stepped back, there was no stutter step. It was just a boom boom, and that's one thing I really liked coaches like how he's learned to play with his length and his leverage and understanding the leverage. I haven't seen him being too grabby down the field. Now I will say, I say that. And then I saw him do this. I saw him cover Dax Milne one-on-one route in a one-on-one where I did see him grab him. The difference was grabbed him down around the waist and not up around the pads. The problem is that it would have been the way he grabbed him. It would have been in the open field and you could see Milne's he had a grabbed a part of his jersey or a, or a towel or something like that, and you could see it kind of stretch out. Would have been called for a penalty there. But in general, he's been much better in this area. I liked how he was against Cam Sims and one team rep in man coverage. Just good use of the eyes, showing patience. Sims never got open. Having said all, you know, like I said, I just brought up the mail, so i don't need to go over that again. Now, he's not perfect, so don't go too far, but I do like St. Juice's progress. I think he's made quite a bit. And I also, having said that, again, he's not perfect. So I saw, and this goes back to another rookie, Diami Brown. This is a good thing for him. Brown ran a route. It was a one-on-one route versus um, St. Juice. You could tell that St. Juice was worried about getting beat deep. It's the threat of Brown's speed. That's Brown then sells the route down the field. I loved how quickly Brand, Brown sat on the route, turned back for the ball. He needed only three steps to complete that move from the time he stemmed and, and came back three steps. And I've mentioned that because I've seen some guys, they, they take maybe five or six when they're coming out of it, and it allows the defender to recover. But because he only needed three, and he did then, he turn, got three turn around, and then took another step back for the ball. Because of that, drive St. Juiced off. Would have been about a seven-yard completion, but a good job by Brown selling the route and the good, and, and just with the way he sat, the way he came back for all everything. I also like receiver Adam Humphreys created space against William Jackson in a one-on-one, releases to the outside, in the slot, releases to the outside, maintains the leverage by keeping Jackson on the left side of his hip. That's what a receiver wants to do. So then you can break out and create more. As he turned, As he's going up the field, he kind of turns his head to the inside. So Jackson has to honor that. Humphreys then cuts back out wide, creates about four to five more yards of separation, just a good use of leverage by the veteran. In the one-on-one pass route drills between the backs and linebackers, loved how one route by Jarrett Patterson, a good fake to the outside, linebacker Joe Walker bit hard on the play, and Patterson then flew by him down the right sideline wide open. Now, a big key there, Joe Walker's not making the roster, but it was still a nice route by Patterson. I'm a fan of Patterson. I still have a hard time believing that he makes it ahead of any of the top three backs all have specific roles people may not like peyton barber that's fine they do he fills a different role than patterson he's that third down back you cut pa- you cut barber you excuse me not third down back that short yardage back you don't have that guy and yes you have antonio gibson but if they're going to save him for a lot of roles they want to use him, they can't use him for everything and so that's where barber comes in i think barber um coaches like how he's looked I think he's looked good as a route runner this summer compared to last year. I saw him run a nice route versus Jamin Davis today, driving him off the ball, cutting back on and out. It was hard for Davis to stop and then turn back. Once a big guy gets moving like that, the little guy's going to have the edge. And that's what happened in this situation. I'm not going to bump JD McKissick for Patterson. I'm a big fan of McKissick. He was productive last year. I think in pass pro, he does a pretty nice job. I think if Patterson makes it, They'll keep one fewer player at another spot. It could be that they keep nine old linemen instead of 10 because of the, the practice squad. Now there's going to be 16 guys. And the way they did it last year, you could move guys back and forth. I think it gives you more options as to how you want to divvy up your roster. And if you're afraid of losing Patterson, then you find a way to keep them by doing that. Because that 10th lineman, I think they're going to be able to stash him on the practice squad most likely. And one other little note, receiver Curtis Samuel did not go through any practice yesterday when he came back he did do individual work and just running some routes um, on air but today all he did was work on the other field because because it was a slicker field they didn't want to take any chances with that groin and I will say that turf has been fixed Um, the turf that they practice on most in those team drills and it has held up really well in fact they had a lot of rain here over the last couple days And you did not see a lot of guys slipping and falling at all. So it's a credit to what they've done with the turf, but they still wanted to be careful with Samuel. That's all for today. Thanks as always for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow with another training camp report. Talk to you next time.